Thursday morning. Thank you so far for your emails. That's quite diligent, really, isn't it? I think we'll unban them. Shall we unban them? Okay. Yep. You're, unbanned. You're unbanned. You can listen to Radio <laughs> 3 again. I want to start off with Douglas, uh, Steve. He says this silliness... <coughs> Thank you very much. Sorry. Is, is why the students... I was punctuating <laughs> your remark. Yeah, sorry about that. This silliness is why the students are now more and more recognised political force than these pathetic political parties. The PPP's last crack at a de facto, de facto referendum was a failure. Seriously, have they never heard of the Einstein quote, insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results? If they want to move forward, then negotiate the things that are negotiable. Einstein also said that the difference between stupidity and genius is that genius has its limits. Of course, he's talking about... Uh, well, he's talking about this actually rather confusing set of no. opinion polls that we've had this week. One of them shows that the um, Hong Kong Federation of Students is by far the most popular uh, political organisation in Hong Kong and shows that all the other political parties, with the strange exception of the Liberal Party, ha have lost quite considerable amounts of support. The Liberal Party didn't have much support to lose, and but they've go. actually gamed a bit. Maybe that was because of James Teen and his... Um, Bingo, he's got to be that. And his, yes, his, his, his um, being chucked out of the CPPCC WXYZ. But anyway, I mean, it is interesting that um, the Federation of Students has topped this poll, but th there's a kind of enormous confusion going on because you've got other polls that are now showing that people are very teed off with Occupy Central, support for that is is diminishing. I think what, um, if you step back from all of this, what you can conclude is, I'm sure it's correct, I don't think these opinion polls are, are fixed or anything, that, that people are getting weary with the tactic. But that doesn't mean they're getting weary with the idea that... Um, Hong Kong perhaps should have a little bit more democracy the tactic, than you it mean, has. You mean Greenham Common? Well, the tactic of occupying the, the green fields of uh, Admiralty, Mongkok and Causeway Bay. It's brilliant. It's like Woodstock down there. But, but as Douglas says, you know, I mean, what, what are they planning to do now? They're planning to have a referendum. This is the Democrats. Um, but, of course, in Hong Kong there is no such thing as a referendum. So the only way you can have a referendum is by resigning your seat in LegCo, going back to the electorate and saying, I, I am only standing on a platform form of should we have universal suffrage or not and as he says i mean that wasn't particularly successful last time so why is that being tried again i think the organizers of and i use the word loosely because it's very hard to organize this movement but the organizers of the movement which is responsible for the occupation do really have to seriously think of other ways of gathering or maintaining support because clearly what can they do? The, 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 the occupation of these areas is, is causing the movement to lose support. I mean, they know that in their heart of hearts. And what they're saying is, oh, well, we can't retreat now. Well, you know, in every battle, you take a tactical retreat to make a tactical advance. That, I think, um, you don't need to be Clausewitz to work that out. German fellow, you know. German, that I was, was just asking. I'll tell you what, you talk about... That was even before they had Germany, he was a German fellow. They're losing support. But I tell you, it's, it's making your average taxi driver lose his cookies. I've, I've never known such a grumpy bunch. Yes, I mean, it, it is interesting. They're, 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 they're losing their cookies, as you say. Um, actually, I've got to point out something else I read this week. Go on, you know, now, now that you've got Occupy Central, you can blame it for everything. So, yeah, you know, there was a big dip in Macau gambling revenues. They said oh, look, there were various factors causing this, including Occupy Central. Yes. I'm thinking... So, 
can we use this for an excuse for everything? I mean, there's one small point about Macau, which is that it isn't in Hong Kong. How on earth it's affected by Occupy Central only knows. But, I mean, I can just suggest to any kid who doesn't, hasn't done his homework, he goes into class and I go, oh, well, sorry, teacher, it's because of Occupy Central. Yeah, I think... I think, I y- think that's fair enough. You blame me for everything <laughs> How now. can they compare Macau gambling to Occupy Central? I, I, they've got a baccarat table down... I, and, 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 well, I think they take their lead from such lumin- luminaries as the financial secretary who, who, who's, who seems to think that his new job in Hong Kong is to talk down the economy. He's a blogger these days. And to say, you know, at every possible opportunity, oh, my God, things are going to get worse. Oh, my God, oh, worse and worse and worse. Hong Kong's going to lose its status and blah, blah, blah. I mean, if that isn't irresponsible, I really don't know what is. But, you know, if if the tactic now is just to blame Occupy Central for everything, well, good luck with that, because, you know. But I think the fact of the matter is that, that a bit of new thinking is required. Now, the question arises, even if Federation of Students, Scholarism, Occupy Central, and whoever else yep. comes out and says uh, we should abandon these sites as of tomorrow, it's not at all clear that the people who are actually down there on the ground would do so. However, that is a problem. That is a problem. However, if, on the other hand, they decided to do what has been done in other circumstances of occupations and say, we're going to have a monster rally on, you know, November 15th. I I don't know what date that is, but I'm just picking a date at random. And, you know, we will all march out together. Yeah. That that would be a different fish of kettle altogether. You reckon? And I think that, that, that uh, it would be a show of strength rather than a show of weakness. And, you know, they can say, look what we've achieved. We have awoken the consciousness of the people of Hong Kong. Have we achieved universal suffrage? Well, no, we haven't. But, you know, that wasn't going to happen tomorrow anyway. I think the reason they're not going away is because they just don't trust the government. The, the, they don't the, the trust the government. The feeling is the government say, right, you've gone, business as usual, lads. Well, actually, it's worse than that, because you've got now this coordinated campaign of saying that that the Occupy Central movement is going to bring Hong Kong to its knees and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, people who are on the other side of that argument are very resentful of these accusations. And, as you say, they don't trust the government, but they also feel that if they vacate a space that has been occupied somehow it will be a defeat. My own view is it will be self-defeating to be there forever. I mean, forever is a very long time, but you know what I mean, to be there for a really prolonged period. Mm. But, you know, these things, it's very, very hard. You can sit there and you can sit in a nice, warm studio, as we are today, except it's not that warm, and and pronounce on these things. But on the streets, things do look very different. I, I completely understand that. But I think that um, people who, who've observed these movements perhaps could be offering a, a you know, bit of advice to them. I don't know. There's a lot of antagonism going around as well. What about the Uriah Heap Society and their signature campaign? <laughs> yes, now they've managed to get... Um, it's very funny. One million. One, no, no, I think it's about one and a half. It's a yeah, very, very large number of, uh, of, of signatures. And what, what's interesting is, is Robert Chow, who, who's apparently in charge of this organisation, says, oh, um, these signatures, on, on the form, what it basically says is, uh, we support the police, we support law and order in Hong Kong. He says, that means... And then he, he draws out a list of things which he says it means. And I'm thinking, well, if you've signed a petition that says X... How do you know it also means Y, Z, W, and all the other things? But there you go. <laughs> mere, I mean, detail. mere detail. Mere detail, um, yeah. You know, I've got the signatures. I can tell you what those people think. 
because I'm in charge. I'll tell you what, you know, dung, 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 China calling, <laughs> well, China calling, you know what I, I'm saying? Can I, can I just say, I think he has um, high office in, 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 in prospect, that's all I'm saying. Let's go to an email here from Chris who says, Emily Lau made some very sensible points when she questioned on the Newsline programme on Sunday, or when questioned, uh, showing that she is really not in favour of doing it. Getting the right message across is difficult. The you outcome, mean doing it being, being resignations? I hope it doesn't mean doing it. Well, I hope it doesn't. Getting the right message across is difficult. The outcome is far from certain and could result in a big setback for the pandems. Well, yeah, thanks, Chris. That's basically yeah, what you were saying. Yeah, I, 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 Emily's um, pretty outspoken, so... I mean, she's also... I, I mean, she. you know, I'm just sitting in a, as I say, a nice warm studio. She is leader of the Democratic Party. Uh, you know, so there's a, it's a different level of interpretation there. But at the moment, um, I thought the strategy of the Dems, and, and maybe that's using the term too strongly, is to block various things in LegCo and use LegCo as a platform to harass the government. Well, yeah. you can't do that from outside of LegCo. You either are in there or you're not. So, you know, if you've got a position in the Legislative Council at a very crucial time, and this is a very crucial time, I think you do need to ask very seriously, what is the point of vacating that position any more than it is of vacating the streets of, uh, of Admiralty or, or wherever? So I, I honestly can't see the point of this, but what the proponents of the idea say is that if you have a resignation and you have an election campaign, it means that you don't confine the campaign to just these three areas where the occupation is. I mean, I think that's also a valid point, because there's lots of people who are sympathetic to the idea of universal suffrage who aren't directly involved in the campaign, and you've got to think of ways of engaging them. It's just that this isn't a particularly good one. I want to go back to a conversation I had well over the past couple of weeks with Harvey. Now, Harvey's got his points of view. Harvey Stockwin, of course. But he was he's, he's insistent that there should or could be an actual leader for this. And I've had listeners writing in saying, no, 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 he doesn't get it. They can't possibly. And I had an email from uh, a chap called Tony the other day. And he said, has he heard of leadership from behind or even group leadership? Um, I don't hear any complaints from people who matter. Occupy Central, they know where their leadership is. I do hear uh, Harvey repeat what someone called Chow of anti-democracy, peace and something said. Desertion, question mark. Nonsense, says Tony. Did Bush lead the charge in Iraq? Did the Secretary of Defence attack or go out in the field? Please tell us, uh, if you support the objective of Occupy, what should they do to achieve the democratic objectives? Well, that was at, at Harvey, but I didn't get a chance to read it yeah. out. But I agreed that they couldn't possibly a real stand-up leader for this. Well, you know, I mean... Because he's gone is, back to school. It, it is true. It is true that, that, that the movement is a bit um, nebulous. Yes. Yeah, but it isn't, very, very... it isn't devoid of leaders. I mean, this is, this is a complete misunderstanding of the situation. The, the people who are leading the Federation of Students and Scholarism are actually now very well known. They are. You know, Alex Chow, uh, uh, Joshua Wong, etc., um, etc., et um, these are now very well-known people. If you go to Admiralty, they regularly appear on a platform early in the evening and people listen very intently to what they have to say. So it's not as though the movement, movement doesn't have leaders, but what it doesn't have is a boss. I think that is clear. I think that's what we're on about That's here. what we're on about. But, you know, most of these movements... And I, I always reach for what happened in the old Soviet Union as, as an example... 
didn't really have didn't really have a boss. I mean, you know, when the, the great strikes took place in the shipyards uh, of Gdansk, which produced um, I- effectively the end of Polish communism, um, Lech Walesa, who of course went on to become president of Poland at the time, was a trade union leader yeah. among many. Who the, and the Polish government kept saying, and boy, isn't it funny we're hearing the same things today. Oh, we've got nobody to talk to. There's a rabble of trade unionists and their intellectual backers. Goodness me, how are we ever going to find anybody? You know, they want negotiations, but they're not in control of the situation. Well, these things work themselves out. That's all I'm saying. So you have prominent people in the movement. Lech Walesa was clearly a prominent person. Yeah. We've got prominent people in the Occupy movement. Eventually, things will work themselves out. You bring up a very good point. Very often, the media creates, not maybe on purpose, leaders. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I mean, it is natural that you want to focus around things. I understand that. And, and it's much nicer to have a personality. You know, if, if you read Time magazine, you will learn that the leader of the Hong Kong protests is, is Joshua Wong. Well, he is a leader of it. I don't think there's any doubt about that. They talk about leaders in Tiananmen Square. People well, always exactly. talk about student leaders. I mean, who were they? A whole was bunch it, of people. Was it, was it Wang Dan? Was Wurkaishi? it Was it, you know, Chai Ling? God help us. Um, I don't know. But the fact of the matter is that there isn't... It, these movements don't produce, by and large, at their initial stages, one person. Yeah. And focusing on that is basically a waste of time. I wonder if people... And I'm not talking about Harvey now, that's the, that, but I wonder if people who've lived through certain things in their lives, i.e. conflict, feel the need that there should be a generalissimo. Or yeah, some, well, or I, I think people do feel that. But all I'm saying is that, that if you actually look at the reality of practically any movement you know of, mm. they just don't have a... 20 minutes to 11, couple more bits of correspondi. Uh, still in with Steve Vines. Got an email That's here... That's very posh, correspondi. I just made it up. <laughs> I just made it up. I've got an email here from a, a lady who's quite a well-known writer in town. She says, leadership, in inverted commas, in politics is overrated. Greater social unrest and conditions, regardless of the specific issue on the table, determine the course of events, that, and the odd incident that blows up everything. Yeah, I mean, this is, um, there, there, there's a technical phrase for this, which is, um, well, I can't say it on radio, it's brown, sh- brown stuff happens. <laughs> but it's true. Yeah. And does it make us feel any better if there's a, you know, some of us need completion, there has to be a leader to make it all be right with yes, the world. Yes, I know. I mean, you know, it, let, 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 let's look at history a bit. There, there's not, not, it's not true to say that charismatic leaders don't have um, any place in in politics because obviously they do but you know some of the most uncharismatic leaders have have had really stellar achievements you know after the war in britain the um prime minister clement attlee who was described by winston churchill as being a modest man with much to be modest about probably instituted the greatest um revolution in Britain's social history for at least at least a century with the introduction of the National Health Service, introduction of, of forms of public housing. I mean, all of these things came on Attlee's watch, but nobody would have, you, you know, he had the charisma chip removed at birth. Nobody says, oh, my God, you know, if, 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 if Attlee hadn't been a better speaker, none of this would have happened. It, it, the fact is that circumstances determine, to a very large extent, how things pan out. 
in in the wake of a, a, a world war obviously britain was ready for massive social change and it happened in the wake of these kind of protests that we're seeing in hong kong anybody who thinks they're going to put the genie back in the bottle no. and carry on with business as normal must be more stupid than than um oh the government <laughs> you know i mean these things aren't going to happen so there will things will arise um you you, you want to be very skeptical about anybody who says i know exactly what's going to happen in hong kong in the next 10 years i'd be very surprised if i know what's going to happen in hong kong in the next six months it's alone, fair you know. to say that we've gone to a slightly different track isn't I think it? we have. I think we have. And I in think some that, way, whatever. I think the genie's come out of the bottle in a very, very enormous fashion now. And it, we're, we're in all sorts of uncharted waters. And it will produce, if you want to call them leaders, call them leaders, but it will produce personalities, let's put it no stronger than that, mm. who will take a very prominent part in shaping what will happen. But I wouldn't... You know, I wouldn't get hung up on the idea of whether there's somebody in charge. I mean, you know, Hong Kong government runs without anybody in charge of it. <laughs> that had to come. <laughs> we just stop there, can we? Can we stop there, yeah. I've yeah. got a couple of other things to get into. Some, I did say before the news, if you've got anything really left of centre, not the usual stuff. Yeah. We, and Tom writes in, this is a quite a cracker. He says, can someone tell me what HSBC is up to with the frequent government supporting and negative Occupy comments, plus, of course, Charles' racist opinions? And he says, is the CEO, Peter Wong, the same anti-democratic Peter Wong, regular backchat uh, Beijing supporter? No, it's not. No, it's not. Different that, fellow. Yeah, and, and the Cha he's talking about is, is Laura Cha, who's, who's a non-executive director of HSBC. But to be fair, she's, she's a non-executive director of many other organisations, is a government trustee, is a member of Exco, and she thinks that Hong Kong people are like slaves. It's lovely to be represented on the highest executive body in the land by someone Ooh, yeah. who has such contempt for the people uh, she's now, supposed to represent. Although she will say, no doubt, and she has said, oh, well, when I said slaves, I didn't mean slaves, you know. You, you take... Words have meaning, and if, if, if you're so useless at using words, you should shut up, frankly. Absolutely. So, you know, if she's now backtracking on that. As for, as for Hong Kong Bank... Goodness knows what they're up to. I mean, why they want to meddle. Uh, incidentally, can I tell you something about Hong Kong Bank? Again, I don't think this is widely known. It's a foreign bank. Meddling, foreign? Foreign meddling what? in the internal affairs of Hong Kong. It's a British bank. British? You know, as we say. British bank. <laughs> it's a British bank meddling in the internal affairs of Hong Kong. I think it's deplorable. The, and the, and, and I, I think, I think we, we should write to somebody about it. And, and I'm surprised that the Chinese Foreign Ministry hasn't issued a statement condemning this level of muddling. In fact, maybe it will happen today. It's or, your local or, bank. Or is that never? In Margate. It's your you, local bank in Margate. I'll tell you what. It's not that desperate, is it? The one that really doesn't seem to have blown up, but bearing in mind many, many very well-known things, <coughs> I'm surprised it didn't. Robert Chow saying the street protests... Uh, could last as long as the Jap Japanese occupation. Using those two words, Japanese occupation, in this town, do you you think so? Outrageous I mean, honestly, comparison. Honestly, it really is. This was a low, low, low time for the people yeah. of Hong Kong. You know, I mean, I suppose the bottom line is that all these people who claim to be 
the great patriots, the great lovers of Hong Kong, they sort of love it in abstract, not in you know. But they, why they keep sort mentioning of, all these horrible they, they people? They sort of love Hong Kong without its people. Oh, Hong Kong would be much better if we could change the people. The old Brechtian. But are you deadly idea. serious? You're trying to you're trying to whip up support. And you're talking about the young people of Hong Kong being like in the, the same Japanese occupation as the yeah, Japanese occupation. That's I the depth it, of bad taste. It, it's phenomenally insulting. I mean, forget forget the fact that we're talking about occupy this, that, and the other. Mm. This is how much petrol do you want to throw yeah. onto this firework? Yeah. yeah, and of course, I, I, just to take this a little further, of course, the more you demonise the people who are. Um, protesting against the government who are protesting against the established order the easier it becomes in their minds to justify the violent suppression of this movement because once you've decided that all these people are slaves, are Japanese occupiers, or whatever other derogatory term you really you like need to, to know think. what you're talking about if you no, start going down No, what I'm saying that. is it's a dangerous mindset because it gets you into another mindset that says, well, in that case you know, if we if we spray a few bullets in their direction, that's entirely justified because these people are, are beyond the pale. I mean, I can't begin to say how dangerous all of this is. We've had comparisons to lots of bad things in history from some of these people. We've heard quite a few stuff about Hitler, stuff about the Nazis, now stuff about the Japanese, now slaves. Is it just that these people haven't got a clue about history or are they just really insensitive? I take all of that on board. I think it's I mean, a combination of these things. I, I mean, you know, so uh, you, you used to have Regina parading around saying, oh, democracy is not all it's made out to be. You know, Hitler was elected in Germany. See, well, that's which exactly what I'm Which incidentally about. isn't even historically correct. But hey-ho, it's only a little fact of history. You don't need to... You know. But I just can't get over the Japanese thing, bearing in mind what a tinderbox that is for I the know. people of Hong Kong. And, and, and this is something which will perhaps bypass some of the younger generation, but, you know, a generation uh, which is in its 50s, 60s and beyond, that, that either had direct... Well, if they were in the 50s and 60s, they won't have had direct experience of the, of the occupation, but their parents certainly will, and they will know about it from their own family's experience. Yeah. I think people of that generation, you know, you go and insult who you like, but um, I don't think it's a very wise idea, particularly as the the, the, the um, bedrock of the anti-Occupy movement does seem to be among the older generation. So if, if you want to insult the, the memories of their experience, go ahead. Carry it's on. a great idea. Let's turn the page. Good morning to Scott. He says, rule of law... The toads will never let the rule of law get in the way of the rule by summary law. Of course, he's talking about, uh, well, I'm reading an article here on ejinsight.com. It says, donations for Occupy campaign may be illegal, says security chief. I'll quote, Lai says it depends on the intention of the donation and the channel used in making the donation. What ever, uh, whether anyone has broken the law should be judged case by case, he said. And uh, Scott points out the law which isn't in our law books just in lies head. Yeah, I think they better make their minds up because the, the narrative before was not that there were illegal um, contributions to the Occupy campaign, foreign. but it was all foreigners. Probably Hong Kong Bank. Oh, no, I take that back. No, but seriously, I mean, you know, get your story straight, boys. Either it's, it's ghastly foreigners who are funding all of this or it's illegal, illegal donations. I mean, as ever... As ever, Mr. Lai is talking complete and utter cock. You, 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 if you think that buying a, 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 a crate of distilled water for the occupiers is somehow breaking the law, God help us. You know, really, I mean... Italian I, water. <laughs> Italian... No, I don't... 
is it Italian water? I didn't realise. None we of got, that local I distilled I rubbish. I didn't realise we got to that depth of depravity going on in Occupy Central. As long as it's not French. I mean, that's really taking things far too far. That's true. But seriously. Anybody caught drinking Evian but, but will be purged. seriously, you know, this idea of, oh, well, it depends on your intent of buying water or your intent of buying bandages. I obviously thought that the intent of buying bandages was to heal up wounds, but what do I know? I mean, I'm not a medical expert. So let me just, let me just go back to this. I mean... Wh- but this is the same man who stood up in Ledgeco yesterday, Mr Lai, he's, he's absolutely my closest friend and we're drinking partner and I'm going out for... He will for be a... if you ever get nicked for anything, <laughs> yeah. I can tell uh, you I'm going out for a pint with him later Meet on. Jose but, and but, Jesus, Steve. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, these boys want to talk to you. <laughs> right. um, but um, where were we? Oh, Mr Lai, that's right. Yes, he was the fellow who stood up in Ledgeco yesterday and proudly announced, when questioned about what's happening with this inquiry, into the alleged beating up of a protester, Ken Jung, uh, in Admiralty, was saying, oh, well, you know, it's all very complicated. But let me tell you, he said, we've had, I I can't remember the number, I'll say 60, we've had 60 complaints uh, of assault by policemen given to Capo, a lovely name, complaints against the police, and they've all been disproved. So... um, uh, what he, what he basically is saying, well, you know, if there's another complaint, we'll deal with it in the same way as we've dealt with the other ones. It's, and then he gave a list. They've either not been proven, they've not been... No, they fell down the, the stairs. Bottom, the bottom line is that all of those people have been locked, uh, not locked up. We're not supposed to say that. All those, all those complaints have been disproved. So, I mean, the credibility of the police is a very important issue. I know, yet again, we had my other great friend, Mr Leung Chung Ying, yesterday, saying that he supports the police and pointing out, which is indeed one of the few factual things he said, that his father was a policeman for three decades, so he's very close to the police force. But the more you use the police as a political entity, the more you try and put the police in the front row rather than putting government policy and negotiation and all the other things that governments are supposed to do in the front row, the more you undermine the authority of the police and you undermine public trust in the police. If Mr Lai thinks this is the way to go in his role as security secretary, good luck to him.